Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eden, and I am here with the talk of the town. I know you're going to dig this. Thank you to the hometown Martinette in Brooklyn, where Bobby Millett and his orchestra are offering a program of dance music. Town with Nick Eden. I am your host, Nick Eden. I got my man Al with me. What's good, people? And I got Kev in the back. What's going on? Working forward. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in with us this Thursday. Missed you last week. Told you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, everything is all good. If you missed this past Sunday, we had a great show for you. And this coming Sunday, we got an even better show. Now, I want to get right into this because this week has been filled with everything that could possibly go right and wrong in entertainment. First off, Eddie Murphy has dropped out as the host of the Oscars. Now, I was really looking forward to Eddie Murphy hosting the Oscars this year. He's gone back to the, the Eddie Murphy that those of us who you know grew up in the 80s and 90s knew and loved. Like, this was the Eddie. Like, this wasn't a Shrek Eddie Murphy. We're talking about raw, delirious Eddie Murphy. He's gotten back to that. And he was going to be hosting the Oscars, and I just knew he was going to go in. But he has dropped out. Apparently, he dropped out after Brett Ratner, who was the producer of the Oscars this year, dropped out. He was a producer. Now, he came under fire for a few statements that he made. Um, they asked him how, what was their rehearsal uh, rituals, and he said, uh, Brett Ratner said, well, rehearsal is for fags. Well, he came under a lot of scrutiny for that statement, and uh, he's resigned as the uh, producer of that event. When Eddie Murphy found out about this, Eddie Murphy's like, well, I'm out too. Brett Ratner and Eddie Murphy have been friends for years. He actually produced Eddie Murphy's new movie, Tower Heist, that just came out last week. So he said, you know, I think that they'll do very well, you know, with a new producer and a new host. See y'all next year. I was kind of looking forward to that, but unfortunately, not going to happen. Also, 
in terms of being unfortunate this week, uh, we did lose a uh, boxing legend, Joe Frazier. Uh, he lost a, a battle to liver cancer. Mm-hmm. And we also lost hip-hop legend Heavy D. Now, ironically, we had just seen Heavy D on the BET Hip Hop Awards, the movie Tower Heist that I just mentioned. He made an appearance in that movie as well. Uh, he had just released an album. He was working on a new album, and um, unfortunately, uh, he died. Now, apparently, yeah, they're saying that he died from pneumonia. He passed out in his driveway of his L.A. home. They took him to the hospital, and uh, he passed away shortly thereafter. So we want to send our prayers out to both the families of Joe Frazier and Heavy D. Legends of both fields. Tony Braxton. Good Lord. Okay. So we know Tony Braxton, you know, has had her share of financial problems in the past. Nothing new. Uh, What seemingly saved her from this financial hole she keeps drilling herself into was her highly rated reality show, Braxton Family Values. Now, this show highlights Tony and her sisters, Tamar, Tawanda, Ricky, Bobby, Mike, Randy, Tito, Action, all of them. And they're gearing up for the second season of it. Now, they made a stop by Wendy Williams a couple days ago, and they got to talking about uh, Whitney. Uh, they got to talking to Wendy just about the various things they had going on, and Wendy brought up the fact that there were rumors that Tony Braxton was dating Terrence J. from 106 and Park. Uh, for those of you guys who, who you know, haven't watched 106 and Park in a while, he's a dude they hired after he got rid of AJ. Yeah. Right. So, um, Wendy asked him, hey, what's going on with the dating? And Tony says, well, those are purely rumors. Um, she said that Terrence J. is cute, but he's only 12 years old. She said that he has no money. And she said that right now she's, and I quote, playing in the snow. That's her way of saying that she's dating white guys now. Oh, okay. I was just about to ask you what she mean by that. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I'm assuming, you know, she figured, hey, the best way to stay out of this financial crunch is just find a rich white guy. Hmm. Well, have fun with that, Tony. Let's see if that'll work. Let's see how long that works. Yeah, let's let's see how long <laughs> that works. Yeah, but she's on celebrity rehab with Doctor Drew. Mm-hmm. Nothing against our white counterparts, but the white boys will string you out. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> look him. Here we go. I'm done. I'm done with looking. You know, I'm not a Nicki Minaj fan. And I don't think that's a secret. I think everybody knows. I'm not a Nicki Minaj fan. Mm. But even I... I guess he really didn't like us. You know, people didn't cut him off. I see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I know he was about to go in with Nicki, man, but... uh, Not Nicki, but Lil' Kim, man, but I do have to give her a shout-out for having a couple of salons open. She is putting black people to work. Yeah, 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 that's true. That is true. I ain't mad at her, but, uh, you know, just to reiterate with Joe, man, I think we'll never have another boxer like Joe. Joe Frazier was 
man, he was an extraordinary person as far as when it came to boxing, man. I saw some old pictures of him and Muhammad Ali, man. Pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Pretty dope. Yeah. See those two legends together like that, man. After all those hard felt battles that they did, um, man, you ever see the one with him and Muhammad Ali got into it on the TV set? I wonder was that fake or real? Because uh, Muhammad Ali went for the headlock straight off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, why, why are you going for the headlock, Muhammad Ali? You got the reach, pop yeah. But I mean, I, I'm gonna go back and uh, just, you know, I'm not a fanatic on boxing. I'm a, I'm beginning to appreciate it more, especially. Looking at older boxes, I'm going to have to go back to uh, the classics and uh, see if we can go ahead and take care of that right there with the, uh, you know, get some knowledge on the boxes outside of playing their PlayStation 3 and getting whooped up by the computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Muhammad Ali is a big. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, what, what else is going on out there, man? What's been going on? Well, I mean, of course, on the news all morning and all day, they've been talking about Rick Perry and his... Uh, you know, mix up and screw up on the Republican debate last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, he couldn't get out what he really wanted to say. I don't, I don't even know if he knew exactly what he really wanted to say. I was still um, trying to figure out what he was talking about. Well, you know, he was trying to talk about like, like the major, um, you know, money making industries in which he would want to get get rid of as far as uh, what is controlling the monetary system. Plus energy and you know all those things like that. So um, he was saying he was going to get rid of those branches because mm-hmm. those are the ones that are causing the problem. Right. But uh, yeah, he messed up and you know he tried to you know clear it up by going on other. Uh, hey, when they, when they hit him with so, that, uh, yeah. What's what's the third one you want to say? Uh. uh uh, I really forgot. I, I really don't want to say. Rick Perry is an idiot. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, and then like, uh, if you, uh, I don't know if you've seen the clip yet, but uh, they even asked, you know, Herman Cain a question about those women that were uh, accusing him, and he gave a very direct, straight, good answer that stopped any other questions from coming up. Yeah, so, I still don't uh, like Herman Cain. Definitely man. rehearsed. It's oh, like somebody oh, 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 like, like crackhead uncle. Yeah, yeah, I don't like him either. It, but he did, like I said, I mean, his his publicist, the PR person, whatever. They did a good they, job. Yeah, they did a good job. Because he answered that, and they could not ask any other questions. The crowd was receptive of it. And, you know, because I, I just really thought that they were just going to tear him to pieces on that debate last night. Yeah, I really did. He hit our last uh, Rick Perry. But uh, speaking of uh, another person that we don't like, uh, well, Nick said he didn't like him. Nick, what you were saying about uh, old girl, uh, Nicki Minaj? Oh, I, don't, I don't like Nicki Minaj. I, I clearly kept talking after uh, my mic went out. <laughs> so I don't know how much of it we got into. Oh, uh, we seen a black bag go over your head and somebody rolled your chill out of here. Oh, I yeah. ain't want to yeah. say nothing. Right. Yeah, see how they do me, y'all. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't like Nicki Minaj, uh, but I'm getting tired of little Kim dissing Nicki Minaj. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's getting old now. Have you heard the warning record? Yeah, I, I ain't got no problem with her dissing, man, because, I mean, that's part of hip-hop. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean well, it's getting you know old that? now, man. 
For real though, it I, is. I, I I agree with you, but that is I I think, and I was listening to something that Fifty Cent said the other day, and he made some good sense when he said this. Honestly, you're right. It is a part of hip hop because that's the hip hop that we grew up on. Hip hop has always right. been very competitive. That was the nature of it, you know. Whether it was just who rocks the party the best, who you know, that's where the whole term of master of ceremonies came from. But mm-hmm. these new kids nowadays, the competition aspect of it is not something that they know or that they or are caring to learn. Or I don't think because of the the, the lack of lyrical content in hip hop right now, they don't care to know that they're afraid for their artists to go at it because they can't they can't hold up. Like honestly. In a lyrical battle, most of these new guys nowadays wouldn't last five minutes, you know, in in a in a, a cipher with somebody like even LL Cool J, you know, like the way he tore up canvas back in the day. These kids wouldn't last that long nowadays. Some of them, some of them, um, some of them may, some of them may. You feel what I'm saying? It's, a, it's only a few out there that that can actually hold. I mean, not all. We looking at when you think about people like what you're talking about. That's major art. I mean, like mainstream artists that are uh, on the radio all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like a wacky thing about it. The, when we were coming up, the mainstream artists they could hold their own. Yeah, because the A and R's were actually out there in the mix of everybody. Think about it. Hey, you know about you. You just talked about it a couple of shows back, man. A lot of ARs, ARs are behind the desk, putting on their cousin, putting on their homeboy friend. They don't uh-huh. know what's hot in the street. Really the 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 huh? I mean, it, but either with that, I'm getting tired of little Kim dissing Nicki Minaj. Like this new song, yeah, yeah, me too. I listen, the only thing I found funny about the song was when she said that. She and Wayne had the same size jeans. Now I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I, I thought I thought that was absolutely hilarious. But you know, okay, so man. look him. Just concentrate on getting a hit record. Like I, I mean, seriously. At this point, let it go because Nicki Minaj isn't even hot like that anymore. No, especially when that little girl was on Ellen DeGeneres, sounded better than her singing straight out. Her little over right. butt. Ooh, boy, she needed a whooping. And speaking of some folks that need a whooping, T.I. and Tiny, why do they have a reality show coming out? Come yeah, on. VH1 is producing a new reality show based on T.I. and Tiny's life called The Family Hustle. Now, this is going to be centered around T.I., Tiny, their six kids, and all the major ventures that they're going to be dealing with. When they can't get why? 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 I mean, why? Well, because we got, you know why? Because BET actually put out a positive show called Read Between the Lines. And so VH1 said, hey, we need to put some more black ignorance on TV. That's why. That's why. I'm so tired of T.I. That boy, boy, his son got a big old gigantic noggin. Man, don't look like, you remember Jason Kidd's son? Yeah, that boy got an onion too. He got, he got one of them. I thought it was, I thought it was a grown man sitting next to that. Ooh. <laughs> they got a tumor. <laughs> they got a tumor on the head. That, that, ooh. that boy had a boy. That boy, he had an onion. That boy had a watermelon. <laughs> now for uh, wow. 
all you hip-hop fans out there, you'll be good to know that Goody Mob has reunited and they will be releasing a new album through Atlantic Records coming up next year. If they dress hopefully, like Andre 3000, I don't want to hear I was just about to say, hopefully this will con- this will convince CeeLo to go back to the old CeeLo that we know and love. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But the Goody Mob reunion is in full effect. Now, in terms of sales this week, Wale was a surprising number two on the Billboard 200. With his new album, Ambition, released through Maybach Music Group, he sold 162,000 copies his first week. Now, the only person that managed to beat him was Justin Bieber, who sold 214,000 copies of his Christmas album, Under the Mistletoe. This is Justin Bieber, so it's, it's just kind of one of those things. Um, Adele, of course, is staying in the top five. She sold 106,000 copies of her album, 21. And Tyrese has the number one R&B album in the country with 73,000 copies of his new album, Open Invitation. So that puts him at number nine on the Billboard 200 and number one on the R&B chart. Hey, man. What do you think about his album? I heard him play it out here. I heard him play it on the radio. Pretty dope. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's yeah, really it is a good one. album. And it's, you're like talking about 73,000 independent. Oh, yeah. I like that Stay song. That Stay song is hot. Man, yeah. yeah. It is. It's hot. Video. He's not showing it a lot of love on the video, but um, it's, it's definitely a, it's a hot joint. It's a hot joint. Yeah, so. Probably Tyrese on that. Now, next week, you're going to be really surprised when you see who comes in at number one. Because I don't know who the hell it is, but supposedly he's a hip-hop artist. Uh, it's a white rapper by the name of Mac Miller. We know him. I have no idea who he is. Yeah. I do. We know yeah. who he is. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. Well, his new album, Blue Side Park, is going to come in with between 175 and 185,000 copies sold. Okay. He's got to be pushing to suburbia. Mac, Mac Manila got a, a wide fan base, real talk. Midwest, hard. Yep. Very large. He's in the age group of the pack, uh, yep. the Rangers, mm-hmm. and all them the young guys. We ain't yep, really yeah, going to be it. up on them. I, I, my, I don't reason why I know about them, my kids. Got it. Well, speaking of the Midwest, Tech Nine's new album, Welcome to Strangeland. He's going to be dropping next week, too. And, and of course, independently, he's selling between twenty four and 27,000 copies. I'm really impressed with Tech 9 as a businessman. He's come a long way. He's been out doing his thing for a long time. And I'm glad to see, you know, it's, it's paying off for him. I'm waiting about on it. him to retire. He needs to stop rapping. <laughs> but why would he? You think about it. He's 40 years old, and he's still putting up those type of numbers independently. No major radio play. No major video play. I understand. Why would he retire? We asked that question. When is it time to stop, buddy? When you stop selling records? Yeah, he can be but in the grave, buddy. Come on, Kev. You talk about being independent and doing your first week doing 24,000 copies. Oh, yeah, that's dope. That's Retirement dope. would be the last thing on my mind. I mean, that's almost like Brother Link's Hung still rapping, though. Him and Brother Link's Hung came out at the same time. It's man. Wow. Hell no. Damn. 20 years in the game. Hell no. I'm just well, guys, if you're just tuning in, 
this week, the topic of this week is who hotter than me? We did a poll yesterday on Facebook, and um, we surveyed about 100 people, and um, we put song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam. We got a list of artists. We're going to read off some of the comments that people made, and we're going to tell you who won each round. So after we go from this first break, we're going to get right into it. Our first song of the day is from a group that, according to Kevin, should probably stop uh, singing. Because they started out a long time ago, too. No, nah, they keep singing. Singing different than rapping. You know that. <laughs> this is Boys and Men with their new single, One Up for Love. This is the Middleman Presents Talk of the Town with Nick Eaton.
And that was Boys to Men with One Up Love. That's off the new album, 20. Celebrating their 20th year in the music business. Man, it's been 20 years already. Golly. It's been 20 years since we heard Motown Philly for the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't like one yet. <laughs> Why? I just don't like him. What do you do? Everybody else cool in their group. For real. This seem cool. Why they just like I don't know, I just don't like that dude. Well damn. Okay. Alright. Well, if you guys are just tuning in to uh middleman present Tall of Town with Nick Eaton, we just had an epiphany. Uh Kevin doesn't like one yet. Boys and men, I think so. Rather pretty fond of Michelle, but I didn't like Mike, the bass. I didn't like him. What is that? Why he quit the group? He has scoliosis. Wow. I didn't like him. I mean, somebody just didn't seem right. I, I, I think he quit because they probably forced him out. No, you remember he used to roll around with that cane all the time. 22 I years old, rolling around with that damn cane. Yeah, I thought he was just doing that because he was a capper. That long ass Ronald Isley cane and you <laughs> hilarious. Sorry, Sorry, I got jokes. Don't beat me up when y'all see me. <laughs> well, today, guys, we are talking about who hotter than me. We compiled a list of dream battles, song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam. We surveyed a hundred people on Facebook, and we got some interesting comments and actually some interesting results. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with our very first battle. And we're going to read some of these, uh, we're going to read some of these uh, responses and then we're going to give you the results. And then we want, I want to get the middleman's opinion. If you want to voice your opinion on this, go ahead and give us a call at 718-508-9972. The very first battle, song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam, Whitney Houston, Versus Mary J. Blige. All right, now which now now which now which Whitney you talking about? You talking about the old Whitney or the Whitney? We're Escobar talking about Martin. the entire career, Whitney. We're talking about from the very first jam to now. We're talking about song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam. Whole career, Whitney Houston versus Mary J. Blige. Uh, so, first, I want to get what you, uh, what do you what do you think the survey said? What do you think the people? Who do you think the people voted? Me, depending on the age yeah. range, I'd probably say like depending on the age range of the people. This is our age range that we that we got now. I would. Dang. Well, I'm gonna go. For, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Whitney, man. I'm gonna say Whitney. What do you say, Kev? Oh, I go with Whitney too. Um, matter of fact, this dude Mew Legend, he's about to get kicked out of the Middleman Facebook page. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's up. Yeah, gotta find him. What did Mew Legend do? This Negro to post a fifty post on this thing. Gotta go. Mew Legend is a woman, first off. And she does the Time to Shine showcase in Atlanta. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> she got to go. 
Hey, well, you give her one last warning. She can stay. I'll I, I, I give her one last warning. Let's <laughs> get back to this subject. Okay, let's read out some of these, com- these comments. In terms of sales, Whitney, in terms of vocals, Whitney, in terms of straight jams, Mary. Interesting. Another yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Greatest selling soundtrack of all time, even greater than sales in Titanic, Whitney Houston, hands down. Um, let's see. Someone said, I think 30 and over will pick Whitney, 30 and under will pick Mary J. Uh, somebody says, I have a stronger connection to Mary J. She just be jamming. Here's one. Mary, more consistent with music. Mm. That's a good point. Mary, yeah. more consistent with good music. Yeah. Yep. She yeah. said more uh-huh. yeah. 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 People like Whitney. People love Mary. It's like watching our homegirl or our sister when she's up there doing her thing. Whitney never reached us that way. As an artist, isn't your connection to your fans the real tale of the tape? Yeah, yeah. Clive did that to Whitney, though. Yeah, I I, I concur because Whitney yeah, grew right. up in the same type of projects that Mary J uh, came up in. It's just that when Whitney got on, they put Whitney in some gowns, they put some uh, you know some sequins on her, and they made her into America's sweetheart. But she was just a ghetto, and y'all didn't realize that until she had that that. Reality show with Bobby Brown, and y'all saw her yelling at people who got their wig cocked to the side and going crazy. Mm-hmm. And y'all like, oh, damn, mm-hmm. she got off for real. Hmm. Well, according to the survey, song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam, it was Whitney. I disagree. Let me tell you why. I agree with that first statement in terms of sales, Whitney, in terms of vocals, Whitney. When you're talking about just straight jams, though, and I don't even like Mary J. Blige as a as a singer. I really don't. No, she's not but, that good. She, no, she's not, she's not that good at all. But she did have more jams. Yeah, she put out some good music, though. Man, I heard her sing live on a couple of events, man. Oh, my God. She's come a long way. Yeah, she I'll say that much. She, she, she's come a long way. So the first battle, ladies and gentlemen, Whitney versus Mary J. Blige. There is Whitney. Now, this next one might be a little bit harder. Might be a little bit harder. Song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam. R. Kelly versus Usher. Oh, that's one side all the way. Yep. Which all the way. I don't know how that's difficult. You'd be surprised. It was very difficult, and we surveyed people 25 to 44. It was, it, it, and when I tell you, it was almost deadlocked at the middle. Really? really? So, but, but who, who, who would you give it? R. Kelly, that's his R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Okay, I, and and I I tend to agree with that one. Let's uh, 
Let's see what some of these um, comments say. Somebody said Usher, hands down. Everyone Usher. loves a good R. Kelly jam, but Usher has had way a way better career when it comes to hits on the charts, and he's still going. Really? Uh, one person says, I'm not going to lie, R. Kelly, if he just stopped peeing on females. They wrong for that. They were wrong Completely for that. Wrong. <laughs> Completely wrong. There ain't no way around it. Um, one person says, actually, Usher has sold over 65 million records from 1993 to the present. R. Kelly is not even on the list of artists who have sold the most records of all time. He has 35 million to date, and his career is pretty much over. I don't see Usher retiring anytime soon. Okay. Let me give my, my, my statement on this. First off, because it was the young lady that made that last statement about how Usher, Usher's had a longer career. Usher's not had a longer career than, than, than R. Kelly. That's the first thing. The second thing is, R. Kelly has had way more albums than Usher, and he's had more singles than Usher. Usher, in my opinion, nothing against him, but Usher is one of those artists that if you put him in the studio and tell him we need an album, he's going to have to get on his Blackberry, or he's going to have to get on his iPhone, and he's going to have to call every top producer. He chases pop hits, you know, and that's just how it's been from the, the jump. Whoever was the hot producer when it was time for Usher to do an album, that's who was doing the Usher album. When Puffy was hot and Usher first came out, let's send him to New York with Puffy. Okay, that didn't really work out. Let's send him. Let's keep him in Atlanta with JD. All right, now let's put him with the Neptunes and and JD. Now let's put him back with JD, and now we got him with the Dream and Polo the Don. And and it's just like it's it's a it's a musical chairs about who he works with. R. Kelly is one of those artists where if you put him in the studio and say, hey, we need an album, he's going to come out with the Chakra Factory. He's going to come out with 12 Play. True. He's going to come out with R. He's going to come out with Love Letter that he just dropped last year. I don't know where she gets this. His career is over. But he just dropped Love Letter last year. Which was a good album. Which was a good album. And the thing about R. Kelly is you have to take into account the hits that he's written for other artists. Like, he completely revitalized Ron Osley's career. Mm-hmm. Com- completely. He completely revitalized Charlie Wilson's career. He lent his talents to Michael Jackson, to Whitney Houston, to Luther Vandross, and then on top of that, he's one of the only multi-genre artists that we still have. He's done well on the charts in country. He's done well on the charts in gospel. He's done well on the charts in urban AC, hip-hop. He's done it all. The last artist that we've had, you know, I think people need to take their personal feelings out of it. The last artist that we've had that could stand that many genres like that was Ray Charles. True that. Good, good one. Very good one. You know, so I got to say R. Kelly always. Plus, when you talk about, and, and when I say jam for jam, it might not have been, this is the thing about black people. You don't have to be big on the charts for it to be our jam. It doesn't have to be a big top hit, and, and not necessarily everything that's big on the charts is something we jam to. I don't know too many cats in the hood just walking around saying, oh, 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 my gosh. What? And I and I just had some nice things. Well, you know, he's had confessions, and, and you got it bad, and Nice and slow, and yeah, those are cool. But when you talk about the jam, when you talk about honey love, 
When you talk about you remind me of something, trapped in the closet, 12th play. I mean, you, the, the list goes on. I can't breathe. I believe I can fly. Wow. Step in the name of love. He peed on a little girl, dropped step in the name of love and happy people, and we forgave him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I ain't forgive him You know that <laughs> But it really did seem like people So forgot about it though Nah it's just like that Boondog episode He was in the court And he started playing music The judge forgot all about him I ain't right. forgot about him He still pissed on the little girl <laughs> Well you know they said That wasn't him Even if it wasn't him He still pissed on the little girl He pissed on whether it was him or not <laughs> Dad, dad, dad did it. Well, the survey was damn near at 50, it was damn near 50-50. But at the end, R. Kelly came out on top. But the one we dropped right after that was just a little bit harder. Song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam, R. Kelly versus Prince. Ooh, ooh. Oh man, oh man! I, I'm gonna just keep. I'm, I'm gonna keep it a hundred. Prince, well, R. Kelly got more rec- recognizable records that we know that are considered hits. Prince had a catalog that's just amazing. That's all I can say with that. Prince catalog is amazing. I remember the first time I heard "Kiss." It changed my life. We wouldn't even mad at Prince for rolling around with high heels and assless chaps. Right. You know? Right. Red cool. What, what y'all know about that? One of the very first CDs I had was Prince's Greatest Hits. You say CDs. I'm talking about tape cassette players, homie. I understand that. But what, listen to what I'm saying. Okay. By the time the CD was a popular format, he had already had a greatest hits catalog that was ridiculous in itself. True that. True that. Yeah. What do you think, Al? Because you're being relatively quiet over there on this one. <sighs> I mean, look, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you like this, man. You know, I grew up with, you know, my stepdad. You know, I grew up listening to Prince because for some odd reason, he just thought he could sing like Prince. So it's just, you know... Stuck in my brain, man, you know what I'm saying? But I can say when Prince put out that Diamonds and Pearl album, that's when I really, really, really started like Prince, though. Real talk. Man, look. Diamonds and Pearls? I, I mean, you know, you're you, cool. you got to think about how, how old I am, Kevin. Yeah. So I, think about how old I am now. Dude, you about to hit right. 30 and hurt 30 and up clubs, huh? I'm just saying. I wasn't right, you to Prince yet until then. Now, I knew a Prince, I knew some of his stuff, and then, you know, he went through that little stage when he wasn't doing that. But that's when I really started liking Prince when he put out the down for that. I'll put it this way. Prince made a classic years before it was supposed to be played. <laughs> yeah, 1999. He made a classic out of 1999. Yep. 1999. Yeah, that is true. Now, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's. Let's go. Well, wow. Some of these comments, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> I like seeing Prince little high yellow cheeks exposing those pants. I don't know what the hell that had to do. How that was a female that said that? It, yeah, it was too. a female. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a female. 
R. Kelly doesn't even compare. Kells does R&B. Prince does R&B rock pop. Kells is a bad man with drum machines and other machines used to create music. Prince is a bad man with actual instruments. Prince paved the way for R. Kelly's 12 play with songs like Head, not to mention the voice that goes from high to low with ease. Well... Mm. Well, this one was drastically I'm not even going to lie This one was drastically like One-sided And as much as I love R. Kelly Chris won this by a landslide According to the survey Yeah So song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam Prince Is the winner What we're going to do is we're going to go into our second song of the day and after we get back from our second song of the day, we're going to go into one that has not only been the most heated discussion in hip-hop, it's going to be the most heated discussion on this show. But before we get into that, we're going to go right into our second song of the day, which is K-John with I'm Good. This is The Middleman Presents, Talk of the Town with Nick Eaton. For the grown and sexy Up and up Jay O'Neal The league of a jury and every gentleman The hope comes in
And that was K. John with I'm Good, the new single off his new album, Moving On. For those who may not be familiar with him, you probably know his song, On the Ocean. Right. I didn't know he was still singing. Huh? I didn't know he was still singing. I thought he was doing that, you know, the one-hit wonder thing and the Kimmy movie. Well, no. That's good, though. Well, he did. He left Universal. I said much. Oh, okay. Is he originally from Mississippi? Uh, no. That's Noel Gordine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 K. John is from Detroit. K. John. Okay. Now, he used to be down there a lot. He used to be in Mississippi a lot. Uh, Mississippi and Louisiana, because back in the day, he was signed to BG. Ah. So he spent his fair share down there. Let's not get it twisted. Learn something new on this show every day. Right. Oh, yeah. Now, if you guys are just tuning in, we're talking about who's hotter than me. Surveyed about 100 people on Facebook yesterday. We just threw out some random names. And that's what we came up with. We came up with a list of artists that could be very much debatable. So, so far, if you missed it, we have covered Whitney versus Mary J. Blige, which Whitney was the winner. R. Kelly versus Usher, where R. Kelly was the winner, and R. Kelly versus Prince, where Prince came out the winner. This next one, I ain't gonna lie, this next one could take the rest of the show out. <laughs> this is the age-old debate in hip-hop and music, period. Song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam, Tupac versus Biggie. One word. Yeah. Kev over there cracking his knuckles and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pac was the greatest. Pac. Now, taking personal feelings thing. aside, song for song, hit for hit. Oh, you Damn. ain't got to say nothing. Then. You already know what it is. Damn. Two five versus Biggie. First off, this this became a huge discussion on Facebook, as this as this probably will throughout the rest of time. Yeah, of course, it, it, it probably will. Yeah, let's read yeah. off some of these comments here. Okay, Pop, because his songs hits reach more people. Pop was variety in his music, while Biggie stayed in the same spectrum, which didn't reach everybody. And I guess that digital underground stint didn't hurt either. Someone said, oh, let's see what we got here. Of course, people are going to say, Pac, he made more songs, Biggie only dropped two albums and still considered one of the best. It hurts my heart to say this, but Pac, but Big was a better rapper. Oh. <sighs> hey, I'm just, I'm reading what my own. Who's going to do that? They from New York. Well, they ain't from New York. Had to be. Honestly, most of these people average. Honest, most of these people average the southern states. Because yeah, they they New York. They, the, yeah, we, they down with New York. They down with New York. We we did the survey on Cupid's page. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. Cupid with Cupid Shuffle. We did these yeah. surveys on Cupid's page, and most of the page was his fan base. His fan base is Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. Yeah, they down with New York. How you gonna say? 
There's no other way. I'll say this. I'll say this. Based on our criteria, song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam, I got to go with pop. You better. I got to go with pop. And it's just... Yes. When you talk about having a diverse guy, he got a better do nothing. I still feel like Biggie was a better rapper, but Pac had more. He had a diverse catalog, and when you listen to Pop songs, like Pop had those, he like he had those hits, those radio hits. He had those club hits. Like he, you could listen to Pop at at a barbecue, just like you could listen to him at a shootout. You know, so I I gotta say, you know, based on my criteria. Song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam, it's Tupac over Biggie. Yes. I mean, now, I'm, my personal thing, I, 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 I like Biggie songs. Right, me too. I mean, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a bad boy fan. I mean, I'm not afraid to say that. But I mean, I do oh, like, uh, the substance of what Pac had in his music and like the different um, angles and scenarios and how he just captivated, you know, you on the song. I mean, hands down, Pac. You know what I'm saying, but I like Biggie, but I like Pop too, but I think I like Biggie more than Pop, though. Yeah, no, 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 listen, listen to this, listen to this beat, listen. Chill out, man. Yes. Me against the world, or, you know, well, that's on the Me Against the World album, I know. Okay. So I'm okay. Down. Dude, I can pull albums off of album, Biggie, do albums, come on, man. Two in a half. Okay. And look at the impact! Look at the impact Biggie made with two albums. Hold on, though. I don't know what I'm talking no. about. Can y'all fail for this? Come on. Tupac is from New Jersey. What are I you talking know. about? Musically, I'm talking about the music terminology as far as him being repping the West. Oh, my goodness. I ain't saying you I'm, I'm, I'm saying New Yorkers, New Yorkers don't claim pop. Uh, Jersey people don't claim pop as far as he down with us. That dude was on the West Side. What's that that mess? How dare y'all blasphemy? God. I'm just saying. Horrible. I'm not going to even stay on this. We don't no, 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 no. We're going to stay on this. Then, hold on, Alan. How you going to say you are a bad boy? Ain't nobody said pussy to P. Twitty. What do you call yourself now? P. Twitty? At least I'm being honest about it. You know what I'm talking about? You so, know what? It's, it's some rappers out there that need to be honest too to let everybody know they gay, but they ain't doing it. <laughs> what the hell does that have to do? You taking it too far now. Man. No, man. No. I'm tired of y'all always talking about Biggie was better than Pop. Man, y'all lost y'all mind. What? Ain't nobody. Look, man. Dude. Yeah, ain't I... no way on God's green earth you can open your mouth and say Biggie was better than Pop. Lyrically. I, I'm yes, opening my mouth to say Biggie was better than lyrically, Pop. Slightly. Biggie was better than Pop. Lyrically. He had some Thank good you. metaphors. Thank you. Things of that nature. Thank Give you. him that. But the content of the record, Tupac was killing Biggie all Okay, that's fine, but you're talking to somebody that's into lyrics. That's my thing. I like lyrics. I'm a songwriter. Al is a songwriter. Hold up. We like lyrics. That's not lyrically? That's not lyrical? 
Rhythm's got a baby? What? Okay. Okay, you got he's got okay, Brenda's got a baby, which is I'll say this much. Brenda's got a baby is my favorite pop record. Keep your head up. That for that reason. Keep your head up. Dear mama mine. But Dear mama. look at it like this, man. I right. mean, he still look, 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 look. Both of them still were very creative with doing storytelling rap. Hold on, man. We we got a caller. We got a caller. I'm on home. Somebody probably gonna come to my rescue. Go ahead, call. Al, Nick. Just because what's up? y'all talking about Pac and Biggie and with the death of Heavy D, and I'm a Biggie fan, but I have to say, the past couple of days I've sat down and thought, and I think Biggie might have been manufactured. Thank you. Hold Thank on, you. Let, me, let me support it. Let me support this. I clean it up, clean it up. Who, who was. Vice President of Uptown Records when Diddy was interning. Pharrell. No, uh, Puffy. Heavy D was Vice President of Uptown. Right. And Puffy was his intern. Right. Uh, okay, okay, Vic. I see what you're doing. He worked, at, he worked at Uptown for almost I a year have. before he met Andre. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, what I'm I saying is, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if you listen to some of those old, I mean, Hell was real romantic. Like, when Biggie first came out, he was Mr. Party and Bullcrap. Yeah. He didn't, I mean, you can't tell me that Biggie, 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 can't you see, is more of a rougher version than what Heavy was doing. Yep. Mm. I'm just saying, if anyone knew <sighs> the blueprint to a big boy rapper, it would have been Puffy who studied under Heavy D. Now, to even farther... Well, okay, okay. Let, let, let's go a little further, though. Let's go on the other side of the spectrum. You can almost say the same thing for Shock G and Tupac. Huh? There you go. There you go. How? Make How? it. Make it. Who, 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 who did Shock G steal the style from? Exactly. Pop, there has never been one before or after Pop. Hey, yo. Hey, matter of fact... Have you, you ever listened on? to Eric B and Rakim? <laughs> They, they no was nowhere on. Where is Rakim's brother got a baby at? He had nothing like that. No, oh Rakim, Rakim was lyrical, but Rakim didn't make you get in touch with yourself like Pop did. Thank you. And I, I hate to feel this way because I'm a Biggie fan, but Pop was Pop was just greater. I'm sorry. I, I hate to say it too. <gasps> hey man, y'all keep doing what y'all doing. Man. I just had to. Chime in. I've been listening for a while. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody thank Kevin for uh, texting <laughs> and rallying no, supporters. He was listening the whole time. <laughs> no, he didn't text me. I was listening. I'm just messing with Kevin. I'm, Kevin, though, I'm one of the people that always argue Biggie's point. So when Heavy D just died, I was like, hold on. If Puffy checked Heavy D's whole swag, I can give it to Big. Well, okay, this is the thing about it. And this uh, is the uh, difference. Ain't no coming back I'm, I'm going to end it on this. And this is the difference that I've always, I've always stood by this when it comes to Biggie and Pop. When it came down to it, if there were no hip-hop, if there were no hip-hop at all, Tupac would have still shined. He could have shined as a poet. He could have shined as an actor. He could have shined as a songwriter. Biggie was more entrenched in what the whole hip-hop 
New York birth of hip hop, you know, just just that whole culture. Biggie was just that pop. He transcended a lot. It was more than hip hop to him. It was a lifestyle. Biggie was more about hip hop as the art form. Pac was more about hip hop as the lifestyle. I don't agree Could with that. I think he he interested all that dude. Could you all of it? Everything he did. A movie? Could Biggie ever been a movie star? Nope. Absolutely not. But but let me say this. As much as Pop was about buck the system, Pop knew he had more of a marketable image than Biggie. Of course, they wanted to put they put him in the movies before they would put Biggie in the movies. But it ain't true. He was a brown skin ball uh, dude. That, that ain't true, man. They got Gabrielle Cinebay well, no. in movies, dog. Come on. I son. mean, but, but look, now you can't say they didn't put big boys in movies. Because remember, Heavy D was in rock. Heavy yep. D. Heavy D. Heavy D. There's a big difference between Heavy D and Biggie. It's a it's a much bigger what, difference. Light skin? You you said it yourself. He was lighter. He was funny. Yeah. He could move. He was a dancer. He yeah. had a lighter yeah. image than Biggie. Biggie he had a much lighter image than Biggie. Even down to, to literally. But my thing is, Pac knew that, and as much as Pac was like, buck, buck the system, buck this system, just as soon as you would see him with a flag on his hand, throwing up a bird sign saying, west side this, west side that, the next picture you saw him in a, in a tub with soap suds on him. Come hey, man, on, that's, man. That's, that's hip-hop, though. That's right. hip-hop. Hold on, we got another caller. Hold on. Call it, and Big Daddy King was the same way, so you can't say that. You can't say that I was just original with it. Big Daddy King did the same thing. Hello. Hey, man. Hello. Say Hello. 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 I thought that uh, Piggy was a better writer because of his use of metaphors and things of that nature. But when you look at what the uh, overall impact of uh, Pac in terms of his uh, how prolific he was, how passionate he was, uh, in terms of just comments and, and content, Pac stood head of heads and shoulders above Piggy in terms of that. Biggie never had the amount of social content, uh, social political content that Pac had, maybe on the first album. Secondly, it was Pac who told Biggie, not Puffy. Pac who told Biggie to rap for the women. Mm. Pac told him that. Okay. This is how the mouth of the man interviewed him now, Nick. Okay. I'm not disagreeing Pac. with him. I'm not disagreeing with him. On, hold on, hold on, Nick. Hold on, Nick. I got something else to tell you. Biggie, when I talked to him, was in awe of Pac because Biggie could not do something that Pac could do. Biggie could not freestyle. Biggie admitted to me that he could not freestyle. Mm. Okay, mm. Pac could freestyle all day long, which is one of the requirements if you go to the New York School of MC. That's one of the major requirements of an MC. Yes, sir. Now don't get me uh-huh. wrong. Like I said, as far when it comes down to sitting down and writing on paper, couldn't be Biggie. But when you look at the overall of an MC, the characters of an MC, Pac had Biggie beat. All the way hands down. Pac mentored Biggie, not the other way around, bro. 
know, I'm going to say this much. I'm, I'm sticking right. to my original statement. Song for, based on our criteria, song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam, I would have to say Pac over Biggie. In terms of my personal preference, I like Biggie more than I like Pac. Doesn't mean I don't like well, Pac. I, I, but I do, too, as, as a writer. As, as, as a writer, in terms of sheer lyricism, I do, too. But, but, if you're but that's what we were about, trying to convey to Kevin, because both Al and I are songwriters, and we were trying to convey that to Kevin, that when it comes down to it, that's what we liked about Biggie that put him over Pac to us. I mean, you, 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 but even Shop G, Shop G, who mentored Pop, said on Thug Angel that he thought Biggie was a better uh, rapper than Pop. He said it. I saw that. I don't know how many of you seen Thug Angel, but Shop G said it. He and one of the rhymes that he pointed out was not just Biggie's metaphor and his, but his 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 rhythm, his use of swing. And he pointed out, B-I-G, I, I swear, Charlie, I just said it like two seconds ago. Kevin, you mighty quiet now. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, I, I'm not, listen, but when you look at overall, I mean, as a writer, overall. I'm a writer. Overall. I'm a writer. Okay, when you look at it from a sheer lyricist point of view, and from, from the use of metaphors, and assemblies, assonance, stuff like that, Biggie mm-hmm. had pop beat. Mm-hmm. But when you look at MCing, because MCing is more than just just Thank writing you. lyricism. Thank you. People tend to forget that the yep. early MCs didn't write lyrics. You know, mm-hmm. when you start talking about, say, the great, um, you know, party MC, DJ Hollywood. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's the brother? I see him. Bob to the Bob the Bang the Bang Bang. Bob to the Bob. What's the brother? Oh, man. Yeah, that's on the tip of my tongue too. Oh God, what's the brother's name? And I know this brother. He's gonna be upset with me by not. Oh God, what is this brother's name? Busy B. Busy B. Yeah, Busy B wasn't necessarily a lyricist, but he, he wasn't was a lyricist at all. That's why he got torn up in an actual battle. But he knew how well, to rock I mean, the crowd. To, no, 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 no. Prior to that, you have to understand. That's what separated the old school rappers from the new school. The differentiation was prior to that, you it was about how well you rocked the party and commanded the crowd. Cool Modi, who really wasn't kind of a fair battle because you got to look at it. One, Cool Modi had a college education. Cool Modi was, you know, more lyrical, and that really that was like me putting uh, Mike Tyson against a Golden Glove champion. Both of them can box, and they may have a specific skill, but in terms of the level of sophistication, the level of experience, the the, 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 the level of technique, Mike Tyson's going to wipe the floor with this guy. It's not even a good contest. I've seen that contest. I've heard it. I heard it, you know, back in the, in the 70s. It really wasn't a good contest. But it's where that's where the differentiation from old school and new school started. The new school rappers were more lyrical. The old school rappers were more so about controlling the crowd. Can I get to say, hey, hey? Oh, that is, you know, that is what most of the old school MCs were about. 
controlling the crowd. Now, they may do a rhyme here and there, but as far as running out 16 bars after 16 bars and punchlines after punchlines, that's not what they did. I can agree. So, I can agree. You see what I'm saying? Honestly, it's, it's a different... Pardon? This is going to be an age-old debate. I swear, as long as hip-hop is around, really, truly, as long as music is around, it's always going to be a debate. If nobody else there's anybody to debate about in hip-hop, it's going to be Biggie and Bob. Always. Yeah. I'll take seven records over two any day. Well, I mean, if you, if you count the bootleg records more than that with Pac, you know, but part of, I mean, but part of the problem with between Biggie and Pocky is you got to understand, Pac was driven by things other than just making music. Pac was driven by you know the need to get some messages out there. Uh, he was also driven by the need to get out of that contract with Death Row. You know, because remember when he uh, signed to Death Row, the deal was he had to sell six records or else he was going to be in serious financial straits. So, of course, that's a motivation, especially if you're fresh out of prison. you got all of these right, times to write. You don't have time. You, when you're in prison, you don't have the luxury of being able to go to the latest party for photo ops. You don't have the luxury to hang out with groupies. You don't have that luxury. All you got is you, the book, time, and a pen and a pad. So it would have been it would have been easier for Pac to come out with all this material because he had it all written down. Whereas Biggie doing interviews, doing shows, uh, you know, going to parties, hobnobbing, dealing with Puffy, which I can imagine wasn't that easy, especially when he was trying to get money from mm-hmm. Puffy. He was trying to get his own. So you got to kind of factor in things. I know as a writer, you know. There's a certain amount of leisure time that writers need to be able to create what they do. If you mm-hmm. constantly, that's, that's why if you ever notice an artist sophomore album, I mean, you know, the so-called sophomore jinx. Part of the sophomore jinx is once you put that record out and it blows up, you don't have the leisure time you once had. You, it's a whole lot of set of responsibilities that are on you, and you people are constantly pulling on you. So the creative juices might not flow as well as they did when you were broke and didn't have anything to do, but this was it. That's why you have a lot of ghostwriters in the game now. Yep. Can't stand Puffy. Yeah. Dang, I didn't say anything. Now, Charlie says all that, and the first thing out of my mouth is I can't stand Puffy. The same. He wasn't the first, he ain't the only, and he damn sure ain't going to be the last. I ain't mad at Puffy. I actually like certain qualities about Puffy, but I don't like Puffy. Well, I mean, you know, join the crowd. It's a whole bunch of people who don't like Puffy. I mean, you know. But honestly, it's a whole bunch of people that don't like Barry Wise. It's a whole bunch of people that don't like Doug Morris. It's a whole bunch of people that didn't like Ahmed Erdogan. I mean, you know. I'm talking about me. Well, I mean, I like Ahmed Erdogan, you know, me personally, but... I mean, understand what drives uh, uh, the people who who become the puppies of the world is an insatiable need to, one, win. Puffy will win at all costs. You know, if he has to burn you and anybody else, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. No problem. But that's the nature of the music business. 
I mean, it's a sad thing. It's a sad state of affairs. Uh, I think that personally, it can be done better. Uh, I guess I sound like Barack Obama, but I do believe that there, there's an equitable, there's enough money in the music business for everybody, unless you're greedy. Now, if you're greedy, there's never enough money for anybody except you. But we're gonna learn. We're gonna have to learn one to take better care of our artists financially as an industry. We're gonna have to learn to take better care of uh, our artists emotionally. Even. I mean, you know, I heard great talk about you know the music business is about how far you can push the human body. When you're on tour, it's about how far you can push the human body. You know, instead of, you know, thinking through, okay, I've got artists doing these many shows, then i got to give them a break so they can sit down and relax. Because if I don't, they're going to burn out. And if they burn out, they're no good to me. If I'm not paying my artists properly, he's worried about, he's either one, mad at me for not being paying him properly, or two, he's worried about how he's going to pay his bills. It's a damn shame when you got Black Rob who had one of the big who when nobody was really thinking about Buck. Black Rob came with woe and Blue put Puffy back on the map. The man was stealing out of a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he's just a straight up kleptomaniac, which, you know, I don't rule out, but I don't see why he would be doing something like that unless he needed money. Now, mind you, it is incumbent upon the artist to understand their contract. I, I think that that's and something. What they're signing. What they're signing. What they're I've gotten to the point now where, you know, I used to be very sympathetic and stuff like that, but it's too much information. There's the Internet. There's YouTube. Um, there's books. On top of books, there's even uh, CD-ROMs and spoken word books that'll help you understand some of this stuff. You know, it's too easy to get to the information now for me to be. Why don't you know how to read a contract? Well, you can hire a you can hire an attorney, you can hire a consultant or a manager, but you still need to know. You need to know a, a conscientious manager should go over the contract with the artist and explain to them. But an artist that sits there and is like, well, I trust you, it's not a matter of you trusting me. It's a matter of you knowing what's in your contract so you can make the best decision on as to whether or not you should sign it. Well, Charlie, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it, and this is the one thing I've always said. People will make time and money to do what they want. They'll go out They'll make it rain at the strip club, get all kind of rims on the car, but won't go out and buy a book that will tell them what to look out for, or won't go and hire a manager, or a lo- I'm sorry, not a manager, won't go and hire a lawyer, or a lawyer, or or, or, or both, or both, you know, or both. The way it goes. But before we go ahead and end the show, because we're getting to the, to the end of the show, we got one last battle, and Charlie, I want you to stay on for this, song for song, hit for hit. Jam for jam. Mariah Carey uh-huh. versus Beyonce. Oh, man. Stand to go Beyonce. Beyonce. 
Come on, man. Come on. I have to go, Beyonce. I hate to say it. I'm not so sure about that. I'm, to be honest with you, Mariah Carey has, what, a three-octave range? There's mm-hmm. no way you can compare Mariah Carey as a singer to Beyonce. There's no way. I'm sorry. This is true. Beyonce doesn't, have, when, she doesn't, she doesn't have the range. She doesn't have the technique. And she doesn't but, have the, the, the well-crafted song that Mariah has. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I agree with you. The criteria that we're going by is song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam. Now, even in that, I still got to go with Mariah. I still got to go with Mariah. Visions of of Love. Come on now. Great song. I mean, you got to understand, Mariah had Tommy Mottola. She may have hated Tommy Mottola. We all may have our problems with Tommy, but Tommy Mottola knows how to craft, well, not craft, how to build an artist. He knows that. It's, it's, it's instinctive in him. He's done it before so many times. Beyonce, Moody Licious, be realistic. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Now, here's my question. Al, Kev, you guys both said Beyonce. Are you counting Destiny's Child or are you counting her as a solo artist? Um, Mostly as a solo solo artist. I mean, all of her fame came from the fact of Destiny's Child, though. Here's what I Here's Kev. Kev, I love you to death, man. You, you're my friend for life. But here's what I can tell you. Mariah Carey, this is, this, this, I'm going back to her just technique and how well she can sing. Mariah Carey is the only female artist that I know who attempted to cover Minnie Ripperton's Loving You oh, and man. did a good job of it. Yeah. It's the high notes and everything. Do you think yep. if you put Beyonce in the room and give her the music, and I'll give her a good week to practice, do you think she can do an adequate job? No, sir. No, sir. She would be done. Well, okay. I'm going to put it like this. Song for song, hit for hit, jam for jam. You take any one of Beyonce's songs, and you put it up against this, not even the full song, but just this one part. Me and Mariah go back like babies and pastors. I'm sorry. Mariah has had hit after hit. I I sometimes forget, man. You know how it is, man. She got that pop-pop stuff. You know what I'm saying? Both of them, really. Sometimes I forget. They're not they're not actually black artists to me. <laughs> I was just playing. That was a joke now. That was a joke. That was a joke. I love to say I don't nobody from Columbia Red Solid tomorrow. <laughs> but both to a both to a certain extent were artists who were created. Well, no, I wouldn't say created. Um, well yeah, created. Tommy yeah, was yeah, right. Yeah, Tommy Mottola, Mariah was his masterpiece. The same way Whitney was Clyde Davis's masterpiece. You know, and, and, and to me, that's not bad if you do a good job at it. You know, it's bad when you're somebody who, let's just be real. I mean, Beyonce is not the greatest singer on the planet. She can sing. I'm not saying she can't. 
but I go back to the old school soul singers. She cannot, she doesn't have the emotional impact when she sings. It's almost sometimes like she's singing songs and she doesn't really, do you really, have you listened to the lyrics? Do you really mean this? I don't feel well, it. And, and maybe it's, and maybe it's because she hasn't lived. She's still young. Maybe. But then again. I mean, Mariah was young, hey, though. Whitney was young. I remember but first seeing Mariah on TV Whitney, for the here's first the thing, time. Here's the thing. You can't. You can't. It, Mariah hung out with Brenda K. Starr. She had Tommy Matola. Tommy Matola probably got her some of the best vocal coaches in the country. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and I can understand that. Whitney, I guess my come biggest on, thing is this. When when Sydney Sissy Houston's your mother, your the aunt Ward, yeah, and your godmother is Aretha Franklin. Come on, come on, son. That's true. I, the way I judge singers now, honestly, how they say they're so great, I, it's like I always say: you can be a five in a room full of threes, and you're going to stand out, of course. But if we put you in a room full of tens, it's not going to matter. You're not going to shine. If you take some of the artists of today, if you took Beyonce and you put her in the 80s, the late 80s to the mid-90s, she would have stood out. She would have got past Phyllis Hyman. No, you want to be real about it. And, and, and if you want to be real about it, if you took her to the 60s and 70s, she wouldn't have even made it to the podium. Not at all. I mean, I'm... I mean, I mean, it's just like Erica Badu, and I love Erica. But Erica, one thing I like about Erica is Erica's realistic about what she does. And she said, "I wouldn't have made it in the seventies. I'm not that good of a singer or a songwriter. I wouldn't have made it." You know. Now that brings that begs up the question: Why is it that our music is deteriorating in quality like that? What is it? Who's to blame? Is the industry to blame? Is the school systems for not teaching our children music to blame? Is it the fans who are willing to accept crap and buy it? Or is it a combination of all three? I think it's all three. I mean, honestly, we can blame the music industry all day, but it's just like I talk with my old band director from time to time, and the one thing he said that always stuck with me, he was like, I look out here and I see all my band students. I see my young freshman trumpet players, and I cringe because I can guarantee you that not one of them own a Miles Davis record. And he's right. He's now, one of the tuba right. players know why there's, there's tuba is called a sousaphone. Like, this, like, there's no, there literally is no music appreciation anymore. Well, I mean, again, who's to blame for that? I think it's a combination I mean, of everything. A part of it has to be, you know, the school system's fault, but part of it also can be can go back to the government that's cutting out all of these programs. When things get cut, I mean, I wrote an editorial about that. When 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 budgets are cut, schools suffer, and the first thing schools look for is ways to, you know, save money. And how do you do that? What's superfluous? Art, music. Cut it out. Well, Cut it out. For me, I, I can't. I can't speak for anybody else's childhood, but mine. I look at it for me. It wasn't my school that got me into music. It wasn't. It was the records that my mother and my grandmother played and my father played. It was listening to the OJs. It was listening to Sam Cooke saying, "Just belt out, darling, you send me honest, you do." 
like I had an appreciation for that at home. Okay, TV now we bring another we bring another comfort into the picture. Radio, because I a lot of people, you know, if you if you follow me on Facebook, now I'm more on Facebook than I am on Twitter. You know, I go through I and just post music, and I might post some Milton Nascimento or some Gilberto Gill from Brazil or Elaine Elise um, or, uh, you know, Banda Block Rio from Brazil. Or I may go to Africa and post Marion Makiba or post uh, Fela or post um, Baba Mal. Or I may come back to the States and post the controllers, post the dramatics or the Dells. The reason why I'm able to have such a wide variety of music at my fingertips like that is because I grew up when radio, when black radio was truly black radio, and they would play music. I would hear Earth, Wind, and Fire, then turn around and hear George Duke, then turn around and hear Carlos Santana, and then hear a Bob Marley record. This is black radio now. This is the 70s black radio. You would hear album cuts. You would hear uh, records that didn't necessarily fit formats. Phyllis Hyman was played on mainstream radio when I was coming up, as was Ramsey Lewis. Nowadays, there's not a radio station on commercial radio where that sort of variety takes place. So if the kids are listening to the radio and their parents are listening to the radio, how do you expect them to appreciate a Sam Cooke now? Well, they're not. But I tell you something They're not going to appreciate it. When you start Unless listening, I was... Bring, let me, I'm going to bring this up. Smooth jazz. You know, and you can have your argument. I've got friends who are jazz purists who feel that, you know, uh, Grover Washington didn't play jazz. He played pop instrumental. I don't get into that. And and for the purpose of what I'm about to say, it's irrelevant. I was listening to Music Choice this morning. And they were playing a series of smooth jazz records. And within an hour, I counted the number of black artists I heard. And guess how many I heard? Take a shot in the dark. Two? Nope. One. Jonathan Butler. That was it. That was it. And so I started to think, wait a minute now. Of all the, wait, no, I take it back. Two. I take it back. You're right. There were two. I think they played uh, Everett Hart, too. So there are two. But within an hour, that's a lot of music. So my question became, where are the, going back to what you were saying, where are the young instrumentalists who are learning to play trumpet, who are learning to play flute, who are learning to play saxophone, guitar, bass, drums, piano, keyboard, where are they? And why aren't they emerging as new artists? But when you start to look at the number of jazz bands, Look at Bill, uh, Downbeat, rather, jazz band. 
most of the jazz bands you see are at affluent, middle-class white schools. Does your, does your high school have a jazz band? No. Mind you, what I'm saying. I, I went to a high, I went to a white high school though. Okay, I rest my case. You went to a white high school, Nate. Go for it, huh? Yeah, so the only, the only black school in the city of Gulfport was 33rd, and they closed that down. I think my mom's class last class at 33rd before they turned it into a job court. So they moved everybody over into Gulfport High. They said, we're going to consolidate this. We had Gulfport High and Harrison Central. But see, here's but the point becomes, Nick, is if our children aren't exposed to the music, if I... Japan right now. Japan has some soul singers, and they're not necessarily the. But they have the the the, the knack now. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of European soul uh, soul singers that are coming in. Adele, um, Josh Stone. Okay, um, but they study the music. Okay, hold on. We're getting the kitchen done, y'all. Yeah, they start, no, no, when I tell you, you can get, I knew a, a guy from uh, Swansea University who was getting a, a degree in pop studies with an emphasis on American R&B. Okay? And he knew, uh, he was, he had an astounding knowledge of R&B music, obscure records even. Wrote his thesis on Black Swan records. But where is this type of institutionalization of our music here? Because that's how we perpetuate it. Where is, uh, is there a, a, a black music studies uh, department uh, that studies soul music, which is the birthplace of soul is in Georgia? There should be plenty of, uh, of college universities offering degrees in soul studies. Do you know one? Um, no, no, not all that. Pop culture, yes, plenty of them. Georgia State, Georgia Tech, um, Alabama but State the, University. But, but, but the, basis of, of pop, the basis of pop culture in terms of music is black music. This is true, but the emphasis <laughs> is not on it. It's covered, but the emphasis is not on it. Color. Oh, I agree, but now what's to stop Morehouse from saying we're going to have one as small as it may be? What's to stop Atlanta University or... What's to stop uh, Savannah State? What's to stop Jackson State from having a blues studies department? Do you know who has the premier blues studies department in this state right now? Yeah. Take a shot in the dark. You know him, isn't it? Nope. Ole Miss. Oh, no. Ole Miss? Mm-hmm. Ole Miss has a blues studies department, one of the best in the world. Well, it's just like you said, when it comes down to funding, one of the first thing they do is they cut. You know, we'll keep. Uh, what's what's a? I'm not I'm not going to call any form of study worthless, but they'll cut they'll cut that before they'll cut uh, a, a political science or criminal justice, which you know, in most cases, if you're not going to law school, it does make it a tad bit obscure, but. They'll cut. They'll cut the music program down first. Yeah, they'll, they'll cut they'll, it down they'll, first. They'll do it. The music and art is always 
but and what's what's interesting is when you look at, say, for instance, like when somebody told me, what 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 can I do with a music degree? I said, well, you know what? You could go into advertisement. Actually, you could go into film because somebody actually makes decisions on what songs get placed on what commercial. Yeah, that's true. Now, that's not necessarily to me the best way to use of your your talent, but it, it, it's a job. Somebody makes a decision on when you watch a movie and a, mu- and, and a certain amount of music pops up, the music supervisor makes that decision. Very true. Charlie, we're going to have yeah. to get into that. We're definitely going to have to do something about all this, what we just talked about, man, because we're about to run out I of just time right here. Time it yeah, we, yeah, we're about to run out of time right here, Charlie, but, man, we appreciate you. I appreciate oh, yeah, you all, brother. Yeah, oh, we yeah, we're going to continue this Definitely. Allen and Winnie got some Popeye chicken. You see that, Nick? Oh, there. I, I oh, see that. Up. That's a damn lean. Oh, I tell you. Just, you oh, know what? Yeah. I can't take it. All right. Well, hey, man, we appreciate it, everybody. Y'all know what it is. Tune in this Sunday to the Middleman Talk Show, 6 p.m. Eastern. What the hell is with that outro? The Middleman shouted. Big Chris shouted, yeah. now nah, I ain't sure what you was tuning in to. We'll pay attention to the real talk, what we here for. Go take a listen, time out, take a minute. Shout in and learn some. Put your mind to grind the world, you destined to earn some. Linda, yeah, comment on what you hear. Let's figure out this master plan and put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a wheel to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand, stop complaining about what you ain't got. Hating on the next man, cause he was dying to wreck shop. Every Sunday, tune in, go live, 6 p.m. BlogTalkRadio.com, the middle me. Hey, what's happening, the middle me? Hey, what's happening, the middle me? Hey, what's happening, BlogTalkRadio.com, the middle me. Hey, Alice, stop eating the chicken on the phone. Chill out, man. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.